Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me this week, of course, is Matthew Patrick. Thanks for coming in, Matt. Glad to be here, as always. Today is middle of October. Um, if you're listening to this as it drops, uh, you know that in just a few short months, we're going to turn the calendar into a brand new year of 2022. And uh, with that, we figured it would be a good idea to talk through kind of some things that you need to be thinking about as you're preparing for that flip of the calendar. Um, you may be thinking, you know what, it's just October. We haven't even gotten through Halloween yet. We got you know Thanksgiving coming up, Christmas, and then we're going to worry about New Year's. But in our world with what we do, year-end prep really starts to start. <laughs> October 16th. Like now. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so there's some things that you can do to help us if you're a client of ours, but also if you're just a business owner, things that you can do to help your accountant uh, and payroll provider to make sure that year-end goes off smoothly and you don't have those hiccups come January 10th where it's like, hey, I forgot about this and I need to figure something out. So hopefully we'll answer some of those questions today and uh, give you guys some some best practices and ideas to think about uh, over the next couple months as you wind down 2021 and usher in a brand new year. But before we do that, we got to talk about food, of course, because that's uh, that's how we seem to get started sometimes. Look at us. We talk about food a lot. Even if we when we're not talking about food, it comes back to food. Yeah, we actually talked about food on the way back from lunch today. That's true. And then we're talking about food now. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So this one, this one's going to be, uh, this one's an easy question for me. If uh, you were facing your last meal, what would your last meal be? So you're sitting on death row and they come in. All right, Mr. Patrick, you got one more. What's it going to be? Uh, that's a tough. Um, is that a hard question? I mean, like three or four things I want. Is it like this? How like a big smorgasbord or? There's got to be meal. some kind of limit, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, uh, man, pizza or steak's tough for me. I like pizza yeah. and I love pizza and I love steak. I last meal I probably would do pizza. That's interesting. Uh, like my I favorite, have my it would go favorite there. pizza. What's your favorite pizza? Um, uh, Are you Chicago no, style? New, New no, York, New, New York, York style. Yeah, New York style pizza is always my go-to. Um, in Memphis, there's you know Milano's is probably my favorite right now, um, but over anywhere, there's a couple places uh, in, in New England area I love. I think my last meal, I think this is easy. It would be steak um, with a really good baked potato, a nice salad with some cheesecake at the end. A good. What's the best steak you ever had? Oh, that's tough. Um, nah, that's man, tough. that's tough because, you know, folks follow here in town very, very, like extremely rarely. I don't, I don't know never if had ever a bad steak has there. had a bad steak. Their steak is really good. I've had really good steak at Roos Chris, but they're more yeah. hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but their bad steaks are still good. It's yeah, not it's like. It's like a bad steak. Yeah. This is terrible. Um, but it's, it's probably folks folly's best steak I've ever had. That's probably the same for me. There, I mean, they just do a, really Morton's, good work. Morton's in Chicago is pretty good. I've had Gene, Gene Georgia Jetties in Chicago is also pretty good. Had a good steak in Vegas, but yeah, uh, Folks Folly is tough to beat. Yeah, they just they do it right. And if you were sponsoring this Folks Folly, we would be happy to give you even more plug. Yeah, <laughs> it just you know what? I don't even need to sponsor Folks Folly. Come on, <laughs> come on, Folks Folly. Uh, yeah. yeah, it would, it, but it would be steak, baked potato, salad, sweet tea. So yeah, last so meal. Other, other than the Last meal part means I'm about to I know. Get Can't we just something? have like, hey, what should the question? Here's <laughs> Becky. 
Here's my here's my corrective feedback. What's your favorite meal? Let's not let's not go down the, the path of it's death. Octo- it's Arct October though. It's spooky month. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. So, so why are we on death row? Is really the question. Um, so yeah, it is spooky year month. End. Year end is why. <laughs> yeah. Spooky month, Halloween, death. There's nothing uh, more certain in life than death and taxes. Taxes, fourth quarter, year end. Boom. There it is. Today segue. we're talking about prepping for year end. Prepping for year uh, end. My good segue. Yeah. This. So for us, it, it's it's not just a joke. Truly, we do begin the process of getting ready for year end uh, this time of year, probably late September-ish uh, on our on our payroll team specifically, where we're already looking forward to what year end looks like. We've already ordered all of our forms, um, ready to go to print those beginning 1-1. And there's some things that you guys can do with your payroll processor slash accountant to make their lives a little bit easier, but it's also not about making their lives easier, it's about making your life easier because when you do this, you incur less fees you make sure that all your forms are compliant. You don't have to amend stuff and cause delays with all of the different taxing agencies and whatnot. And so I'm gonna to talk to this subject from the payroll perspective. Matt, I'd like to hear your perspective on the accounting side okay. on some things that um, you can you know, watch out for to get ready for your end. So as, you, as you're thinking about coming close to 2021, what are some of the you know, maybe top five things that you're thinking through, hey, I gotta get these things in order? Um, from the accounting standpoint, the first thing I want to make sure I have is a good handle on where I'm at today and where I'm projecting to be come year end. So, uh, we're entering, you know, basically the start of our fourth quarter. Now I want to know a, what's my income look like through September? Uh, what does my anticipated fourth quarter look like? What's our pipeline look like for sales? Where are we at versus our goals? And I am starting to try to get to as an act, the most accurate number I can get to by the end of the year with regards to projecting out income knowing what expenses I need to have, what expenses we have to buy in the first quarter of next year that I might want to buy this year. And then I'll start worrying about timing after that. But I want to get to a good solid point first of what do I know my number looks like. Once I know that number, I'm going to start to analyze what I'm going to do as far as some decision making between now and I'd say really February or March of the following year. If there's anything I want to prepay, anything I want to delay in paying, I'm cash basis for tax. If I'm cash basis, I'm looking at what am I spending in the fourth quarter versus what I'm billing and invoicing my customers when I'm expecting to get that money paid. If I'm a cruel basis, I'm probably looking at um, ordering as many things I need to order now, get them get ordered, get a bill for them so I can get the expense in this year. And that's just for the purpose of I can delay that tax bill a whole nother year. So year of deferral. When it, when yep. it ever comes. Yeah, I'm Robin Peter to PayPal there. And I've always said, you know, we kind of use a three-year three window when I'm starting to pull expenses, you know, over time. This year being a unique year, we, we haven't gotten the bill passed yet as of the recording on any major tax changes. I'm anticipating tax changes next year, rates going up. So I may be delaying some expenses till next year, trying to get more income in theory in this year than next year. Do you think that they're going to change tax rates for 2021 at the year end? It's a very high possibility. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all, all projections are that they are going to try to get it slammed in. Um, if they make a change and they get it passed, can try to get past them in 21 with 21 effect, or at least uh, things that do impact 21. Um, we do expect rate increase to happen for sure, though, in 2022. So then else you want to pull expenses um, into 2022 if you can. Push, I guess that'd be more push. of a push. Yeah. yeah. Um, from there, I would start, generally you want to make sure, like just tidying up my books, other things like making sure all my 1099 information is ready to go so that I can get that stuff to the accountant in time for year end. Make sure we have know who we are supposed to issue 1099s for. 
Um, if I have um, books that I need, you know, multiple entities, I want to make sure that my books are in agreement between each entity, making sure that if I'm going to distribute money out to partners, I'm going to do that now, make sure I know where I'm at. Just I'm really trying to get a first step of where I know where I'm at. And, and the goal with that is to make the actual year-end process as easy as possible. That way you're not scrambling in that week between Christmas and New Year's. All right, where am I, I at? I got to figure a lot of stuff out. You do your prep work ahead of time yeah, so it's that's hard. a little bit smooth. Yeah, you're going to be wanting to like make decisions in December. And if I know if I don't know where I'm at, I don't know where you know what expense I need to push or pull. And also, I'm, I'm looking to probably make my retirement contributions in the year. I'm trying to make my um, when am I going to make my January rent payment? When am I going to make my uh, January mortgage payment? All that kind of stuff. For me on the payroll side, what we're looking at this time of year is we've began to push out reports. We always do this in fourth quarter, push out a variety of confirm what I call or think of as confirmation type reports, where we want you to be able to verify, all right, do we have any missing social security numbers? Are all of our addresses most current? And it's really just data that you can take back to your team to say, hey, Matt, have you moved? Or is this still the correct address? Or does anything here need to be updated or changed? In order for that year-end process to go off smoothly. Um, you know, we've already started the process of, of keeping up all of our quarterly stuff so that that year-end reconciliation can go on as, as smoothly as possible. But in our world, it is contingent upon having correct, right, accurate, good data on the front end. Because, at, I mean, come January 1, we're going to start the process of filing 15,000 forms uh, that have to be done within a month in order to keep everything compliant. And we don't have the luxury of saying, hey, you know what, January 1 to January 20, you can go confirm that stuff and then, you know, go and push everything at the at the end of the month. We start that on, I mean, literally January probably 3rd as we're beginning that filing process. And so a lot of times if you come after, you know, January is already closed to say, hey, you know what, I need to go change this employee's address or I need to go update this W-4 it's it's too our social security number it's too late at that point we have to redo we it we have to redo a lot of stuff yeah. uh and that's never fun and and it's typically it's, you're going to get pushed to the bottom of the list yeah because we have to get all of our normal stuff out first how much uh i mean obviously from an employer standpoint one of the things we you know the proactive step probably would be if you have some highly compensated employees making sure their withholding is appropriate at this point of the year if they want to make it up with an extra withholding payment or something like that they can they they have some flexibility to do that now um, if they haven't maxed out their retirement payments, now's the time. Probably look at yep. that, see if they want to make any elective uh, contributions to the retirement. This Same is... thing with HSA. Um, we want to try to be proactive with helping our employees think about things that they wouldn't otherwise left on their own think about. Correct. Uh, because it, it's, it, it shows that we're trying to help them actually live life in the best way possible instead of just, hey, if you screwed it up, it's on you and there's right. nothing we can do about it. We want to try to help and guide them a little bit better than that. Yep, agree. And, you know, other things that you'll start thinking about now, this time of year is a lot of people start having year-end bonuses, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and those bonuses, as they start to come out from the employer's perspective, you got to I mean, you got, you got to look at what's cash flow look like? Can I afford to do this? Or to what level can I afford to do this? But also, are these bonuses accurate based on the year? You know, if you have a performance-based bonus and you have no clue what the year looks like so far, you're kind of up a creek to, to figure out what that year-end bonus looks like. And so get your ducks in a row so that come, you know, January or whenever you're going to issue that bonus, you already have that information in place so that you're not scrambling last minute. It's going to yep. make your life easier. December is a busy month. For, you know, between Thanksgiving and 1-1 and is a blur for most people. Yeah, it is for us. I know this is a, it's a time of year where 
you know, we, we finish up tax season, which is always October 15th ish. You know, you, you're already scrambling for year end. You then have holiday season with people out, you turn around around and you have Christmas parties and year end bonuses and people taking time off to see family and, you know, two holiday, two major holidays in the last two weeks of the year, which is awesome. It just, it creates some extra turmoil and extra stress. So the more you start preparing now, you don't get down to all the way to the end of December, the better. So as you have people come in with that box of receipts or whatever it may be, I know this isn't how we operate, but please stand no. with me for a second. Um, the box of stuff come, let's say they wait until March of next year to hand that stuff off versus everything is tidied up, pretty ready to go on, you know, as soon as the calendar flips. How do you prioritize that work as an accountant? who says, I got to get all these returns done, but this was ready for me on January 5th, and this one's not ready for me until March 5th. Um, we try to do our best with what I call FIFO, first in, first out. Um, however, there are some priorities that we have no choice but to rearrange. I would say this, the more you can be prepared, the more organized you are, the better for you and for us. Quicker um, turnaround. Yeah, quicker turnaround, but also it's the, we don't have to sort through the, chaff to find the wheat we, we we know exactly what to look for so i mean like we've had it where we had to open people's envelopes before and pull out their prospectus information inside of their tax <laughs> stuff and your, your weekly flyer for uh the clipper magazine you missed these need coupons that. right right and so the more organized you come into us the better obviously you know we we want to make this as easily and seamless as a process as possible we want it we have a questionnaire that we really want you to complete that prompts us to ask questions that questionnaire is simply just a, hey, just what changed between your life this year and last year? What new things do you have? Do you have this stuff? Does it apply to you? And with that applicable yes or no question, we can then know how to proceed on our tax return preparation. Yeah, I, I would say for the, the payroll team, what we deal, the number one reason we deal with uh, going backwards after year end closes with a lack of preparation is always centered around fringe benefits of some kind. Yep where an employer forgot to think about, you know, their, the car um, uh, uh, auto allowance that they've been paying out and never ran through payroll, or they forget to think about health the health insurance that uh, an owner may uh, uh, be participating in. They forgot to think about, you know, maybe they did some gift card stuff that they need to run through as, as wages or whatever it may be. They forgot those things over the course of the year now they're accounted or somebody's actually, you know, taking a look in a little bit more detail and they're raising their hand and saying, hey, this is missing or this happened in 2019 and it happened in 2020, but we don't see that it happened in 2021. Where's that at? Correct. And then it's always going back. That to does changes. happen a lot, particularly year end. We, you know, think about owners, um, owners of an S Corp um, have a reporting requirement on health insurance that they're paying themselves or paying on their behalf. Um, same thing with. Uh, automobile usage, mm -hmm. personal use of an automobile. Um, you have a, a accountable or non-accountable plan with regards to an automobile allowance. All those things have to be accounted for properly. The more time you give people, the better. Yeah. And we do our best to try to keep up with those things throughout the year. <clears throat> the reality, though, is things get missed or they get forgotten about. And, uh, you know, one of the good things about us kind of having get to see both sides of the fence from an accounting and, and payroll perspective is, we get to proactively catch some of those things, but that's not always the case. Cause you know, this may be the first year, all of a sudden you're gonna write off some, uh, you know, mileage or whatever it may be. And 
You just haven't thought about it or didn't know that you had to. A lot of times we're picking up a new client too. They haven't been doing these things year, yep. year in. They maybe properly either overlooked or not. They just weren't prepared for it. They didn't know. And now we're doing it. Well, we may recognize it when we're onboarding them and knowing this is an issue, but it's very easy for us to overlook it and them. So we have to know, ask all our questions. So that's part of the process of digging into the books. We want to ask, you know, how are you handling your health insurance? How are you handling that personal, your use of your automobile? I see that you're paying for it through the business. You know, I don't see anything you've ever included on your W-2. Yeah, and, and when you can get in the habit of making that a priority, October, November, early December, then you're going to have a, you're really going to help us have yeah. a very smooth transition to 2022 in this case, whatever the next year may be. But it also has a benefit to you as the the employer, because when those things get taken care of early and, and it's, you can, you know, put a plug in it and say it's done, you don't have to think about it again. You, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about it again. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you miss those things and you get it recorded late, you're, you have the potential to have some penalties that come with that. Yeah. And so you got to make sure you get that stuff taken care of ahead of time. Yeah. We want to make sure like, you know, I always, we use the, uh, I use the analogy a lot of times of just, Hey, like we, at year end, we get, we have this many weeks left before we have to file a tax return. So we can start planning. Okay. We have to divide you owe 15 grand, divide that by 15 weeks. We got a thousand dollars a week. We have to put aside. I can create a plan for it. If I don't know until the end of January or you have no February, March, yeah, it's harder. I'm now dividing 15,000 divided by four weeks. It's a lot harder to yeah. put that money. Yeah. And hopefully you have an accountant that's helping you think through those things and guide those conversations for you so that you're not sitting on April 10th saying, oh, snap, this is yeah. a, you know, a big deal. And I didn't, I should have thought about that or Correct. somebody should have told me that. And hopefully that's happening. Yep. For sure. Uh, the, you know, you mentioned earlier that the, the 1099s, um, I think it's a best practice to always get in the habit to the degree that you can. We I understand things are going to fall through the cracks sometimes but requesting those W-9s up front so that you have all the information for those vendors that you do need to 1099 at the end of the year. Because one of the areas that we do see last minute, oh, I didn't think about that, or last minute, I still don't have this information even though we've tried to get it 100 different times, is information on vendors. Just because you, like, if I'm paying rent to somebody, that very uh, well mean that I need to issue a 1099 to that person. Very much so. And it's very easy, um, you, you lose a lot of leverage uh, when you've already paid somebody after you've paid them. Yeah. They're not, not I'm not going to give you that. They don't really care. But yeah. it, the right the right habit is to make it normally your process. Get W-9 filled out when you do the agreement. Ask for their EIN. Ask for their social, I mean, their um, address, their formal legal name, and make sure you have it set up in your system properly. Absolutely. So this year, um, you know, we're, we're still in the COVID world. Uh, we're still dealing with pandemic-related issues. There's still legislation that's being talked about or on the table that's related to COVID. As you're looking to close 2021 specifically, what are you looking out for that's kind of, I'll say, COVID semi-related? A um, couple things. A, we want to make sure we know that our PPP and ERC has been handled properly on our books. So PPP, we've um, addressed getting it, um, we've applied for forgiveness. We received forgiveness from the bank and the SBA. Um, make sure that's off our books. That's not a taxable event. ERC, making sure that we've amended the returns that need to be amended for 2021, if it was eligible for 2021. Get that on the books properly and book the receivable. That is a taxable event, so make sure we know what that looks like. Um, as far as uh, FMLA, uh, I'm sorry, what is it, what's it called? The uh, FFCRA and ARP. One. Yeah, yeah, making sure that we've taken advantage of the things or uh, properly applied for the credits we're applied, allowed to take with regards to employees um, that have had COVID-related issues for time off. Um, 
I would also be looking for. This year, we also have the advanced um, child tax credit to worry about. So how much you make sure you've documented what you've received so far and as far as your stimulus one and two checks and all that stuff. Just make sure you understand yeah. what you've gotten. And as you get close to closing out the year, what you're going to find is that there's always going to be something that maybe you missed, didn't think about, or <laughs> over the next couple of months, rules changed, and you got to go backwards and, uh, and figure that out. So do your homework, do all of the work up front to be as prepared as possible for year end so that when December rolls around, you're not scrambling to figure out, all right, what have I done? What have I not done? What do I still need to do? Who's doing what? There's already a plan in place. And a lot of those issues are already taken care of. So there you go, prepping for year end. From last week, we talked about uh, training that sticks, as I, I think it was the actual title of the podcast, uh, where we have opportunities to develop our team and make sure that we're doing that appropriately. One of the questions that, uh, that kind of came up from that conversation is how much time should I be doing group training versus one-on-one -on -one individual type training? Time percentages is probably not the right way to think about it. Um, it's effectiveness, right? It's, it's the point of the training. So every person learns a little bit differently. I would say that um, individual training is very, it's, I would say you're more directly uh, training people on the things that they're specifically missing. Group training is probably more broader based um, and probably for a lot of first time um, introduction to topics. And then you detail into, I like group training for problems though too. So if you yeah. have people have problems there, you can share issues that people are having and get everything kind of cleared up all one time. So I'm a big fan of doing both. I think it's, you have to do both. I think you do have to do both, but to the degree that group training is effective, I would always lean that way uh, yeah, versus training. individual training. Yeah, one, one versus many. Yeah, uh, because for the same exact reason you just stated uh, on the problem solving side is, yeah, I may be addressing a problem. I can go to Becky and say, hey, Becky, you and I need to sit down and talk about X, Y, Z. What I may not realize is that Matt may be having that same problem. I just haven't uncovered it yet. And so me doing that to the group allows everybody to see the same thing. I do, I would say this though, if you are doing group training that is more, hey, these are issues that have popped up and let's talk about how we're gonna address these as a team. Don't be afraid to be specific in your calling out of people. Because I know that for my, at least I believe for my team and my experience has shown that in group settings, it's easy to sit back and say that applies to everybody but me. And so I, as the leader, I want to be very proactive about saying, no, that was you, Becky. Mm. This wasn't, and I don't do that in a, like a mean way, like I'm calling you out, but that just in mean. a, <laughs> no, the, the normally it would be like, mm. hey, I, I, this is something that popped up whenever I was uh, looking at Becky's stuff the other day. This is what happened. Um, because I do want them to understand that this, this isn't just me saying stuff because it may be something that is possibly out there. This is a real instance in which somebody has messed this up. That happens that a lot with on. HR type stuff too. We've had that happen. He's like, hey, we were having this issue and I need to be more specific with, no, you, you had this issue. This issue. <laughs> that, it is. that needs to be done in private though. <laughs> yeah. If, <clears throat> if it is truly a, a, an issue where it's like a corrective action, that's a yes. different story. Yeah. But yeah. from you know training perspective, I like to do group trainings uh, more than one-on-one -on -one stuff. But to your point, only to the yeah. degree that it's effective. Because yeah. if it's not effective, then you're wasting your time, even if it's in a group. It's hard sometimes to know your whole audience. So just remember that you have some people that are, we, we had a training today in theory, and, and I would say there was an audience that probably wasn't always best suited for that training. And you go, okay, well, 
yeah, some people will get one thing out of it. Some people will get 30. And so it's just, it's hard <laughs> to know that sometimes you make sure yeah. you get the right audience, every training. Basic Don't training. Like everybody has to be in everything. Advanced training, advanced yeah. two training. Yeah. yeah. You got Yeah. You do have to think about your audience. That's a good point. All right, Matt. Well, thank you for joining us uh, today. I appreciate you coming up here and talking with me Love a little it. bit. Uh, for all of our listeners out there, again, thank you for taking the time out of your week to listen to us talk about things that matter in our world. Uh, and hopefully now things that you can go back to your account or your payroll team and say, hey, have we thought about these things or what's our plan of action for these things? Um, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. But also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a comment uh, or even give us a rating. If we're doing terrible, let us know that we're doing terrible. We'd love to hear that. We like feedback. If we're doing great, let us know that we're doing great. I'd like to hear that too. Pat me on the back. Tell me how good I am. Don't do that. Get the big head. <laughs> but we do like to hear from you. So leave us a comment. Give us a rating. Send us an email at onestepbetter@patrickaccounting.com, And uh, we'll always be sure to respond. And uh, if, if we've said this in the past, I haven't said it in a while, but if we do read your question in one of our podcasts, we'll send you a swag bag uh, full of fun, fancy gear. So thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye.